Hey, everybody. So we've done over 120 episodes of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. And today I'm really excited to have one of the founders of our firm on. And we're going to talk about what is parallel financial? What do we do? How do we do it? What do we stand for? So I hope that you enjoy this episode. And I hope that you learn a lot about our firm and our philosophies. And if you've listened to any of the 120 previous episodes, and if you've ever wondered what it would be like to work with me personally as your financial advisor, I have a pretty simple process. So go to my website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com, click on the Contact Us tab at the top, and then you'll have access to my calendar. Pick a time that works for you. Let's do a 30-minute Zoom call or even in person if you're local. And let's see if we're a good fit. Let's talk about some of the 30,000-foot level aspects of your financial situation, and let's decide if there are any next steps. It really is that simple, and there is no cost for this uh, appointment. This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with certified financial planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth-building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Well, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Wealth Podcast. And if you've heard any of the last 120 plus episodes of the show, you've heard to, you, you've heard me refer to the podcast as we're a financial planning podcast, but we don't necessarily talk about traditional financial planning topics. So what that means is we talk about topics that can enhance your financial position and even help you to have a better life. But um, today we're going to deviate from that. And I wanted to talk about the firm that I represent. I want to talk to uh, one of the founders of the firm and just uh, learn about his podcast as well. So today we have Brian Bogner of Parallel Financial with us. So, uh, hey, Brian, how are you? Doing great, David. Thanks for having me here today. Hey, so for everybody who's watching on YouTube, they could see an airplane behind you. And if and if you're uh, just listening on the podcast, you just have to take my word for it. But uh, tell me why why do you have an airplane, uh, a model airplane, in your office? Well, David, I have uh, loved uh, airplanes since I was a kid. Uh, my my goal in high school and growing up is I wanted to go to the Air Force and be an Air Force pilot. And you can, for those of you watching, you can see me wearing these glasses here. And back in the 80s, if you didn't have 20-20 vision, you didn't fly for the military. And, um, you know, this was pre-LASIK and all those other cool things that we have now to help us. So uh, my sophomore year of high school, I was got really blurry vision and had to get glasses and decided to change course. But um, thankfully, I was afforded the opportunity a few years ago to get my pilot's license and was able to get a plane and um, and so, yeah, I use a lot for the business. Uh, you know, we've got clients and advisors here over the southeast, and I get to to fly there. And when are you coming up with me, Dave? That's what I want to know. When when are well, we? You know, going? what's interesting is literally about twenty minutes ago, I had a life insurance examiner in here taking some blood, and and um, I just felt like I need a little bit more life insurance and trying to walk the walk. So once that's issued, maybe I'll uh, take a plane ride with you. But until <laughs> then, I'm not so sure. So did your plane? Uh, you know, you and I are about the same age. I wanted to be a pilot too in the '80s, but that's just after watching Top Gun, the first one. So, uh, yeah, no, this again, it was something that just as a kid, I've just always was fascinated with and, and, uh, and just always wanted to do so. Well, I wanted to kind of just show off the, the firm that I represent and just talk about some of the things that we do uh, today. A lot of my podcasts really interview other guests that can help uh, help listeners. But today I want to be selfish and talk about some of the ways that I and our firm can help listeners. So, uh, 
So yeah, so tell me about Parallel Financial and 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 what made uh, you and 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 your business partner Anthony kind of start the firm and and let's just have that thirty thousand foot level of what is Parallel sure. Financial. Well, let me start with um, let me start with how we started the firm, and then I'll get into kind of who we are and what we are today. Um, Anthony and I were worked together at a bank, and I was the portfolio manager. Anthony was the relationship manager. And um, it was a good bank, and um, unfortunately, or that bank's not around anymore. But um, it was a good bank. Uh, we, 2008, however, changed a lot in our industry, right? Um, I mean, not only from a regulatory standpoint, but a lot of companies after 2008 started doing things very differently. And our bank was no different. And it basically got to the point where we, you know, we were, we had a hard time looking in the mirror based on like what we were charging, what we were delivering, the value that we were providing. And, and, and we just didn't really feel good about ourselves. And we said, you know what, we can do this better. We can charge a heck of a lot less to our clients. We can save them money. We can make them more money. We can, we can just do this a lot better and, and not be beholden to these massive corporate, you know, mandates and structures and, and things like that. And so in 2013, actually it was 10 years ago in March, this past March that we stepped away and started parallel. So we're 10 years old now. And, um, and when we started the firm, we, you know, we had some very specific things that we were going to adhere to, and we still do to this day, okay, that we were going to be unbiased, that we were not going to be beholden to, you know, because again, when you work for a corporation, they have a flavor of the month, or they have a product mm -hmm. or item of the quarter or month or something like that, that they push down and they're like, get out there and sell this thing, get out there and get this in front of your clients. And you're like, well, my, my clients don't need another credit card, or they don't need another life insurance. They don't need these things. Well, it doesn't matter. That's what you got to do. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And, mm -hmm. um, and so when you really think about being a fiduciary and doing what's in your client's best interest, you start scratching your head going, this doesn't, this doesn't feel right. So you said, um, like, what is, what is a fiduciary? That's a word that you kind of hear thrown out. Um, yeah. What exactly does fiduciary mean? Well, a fiduciary simply means that you are required to do what's in your client's best interest. Okay. But isn't and that is the like standard fiduciary? Like it would seem that all anybody in the financial business has to do what's in their best in the client's best interest, or it's not that the case. That's a great question, David, because that is not the case. As a matter wow. of fact, at many firms, I mean, so so who are fiduciaries? Okay, let's 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 define, let's take a few minutes and define like what when we say, okay, you're a financial advisor, right? When, if I tell someone I'm a financial advisor, it could mean a thousand different things. Cause where am I, where am I coming from? Mm -hmm. Am I coming from an insurance company? If I'm a financial advisor and insurance company, guess what every solution is going to end up looking like? I'm thinking annuities or whole life insurance. There you go. If I'm an advisor from a bank, what do you think a lot of solutions are going to look like? You know, pro you know, probably some type of banking uh, product or something related to banking. If I'm an advisor from a um, a broker dealer, what do you think a lot of things are going to look like? Well, there might be like some loaded mutual funds or you know high cost investment products or things like that. It's like depending on where you're from, then typically your solutions will kind of line up in that arena, okay? Mm -hmm. um, most advisors are not fiduciaries. They're not held to that standard. When you become a registered investment advisory firm, registered directly with the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, which is what we are here at Parallel, you are a fiduciary, okay? Here's the analogy I like to use, all right? Um, let's say, you know, let's say, let's take you back, David, to your single days. 
um you know Long you're cruising ago. around their wavy hairs just flowing in the wind you know as you're like you know going going out and about right and you go in to buy a car and you're like i got twenty thousand thirty thousand dollars i want to buy i want to buy a new vehicle and they say great we have this amazing minivan right here for you okay and you're like minivan yeah and it's like it's 29.99 out the door you 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 grab your penny you hop in the minivan and you take off well you could afford that minivan right but back in your single days, David, was that in your best interest to own a minivan? Did not Absolutely. suit my needs. Yes, it did not suit your needs. But guess what? When, when it was suitable for you, and that's so what most firms operate in the suitability standard, and they say, well, he had enough money, he could afford it. Um, so it was suitable for him. No, it was not in your best interest. And, and you can apply the same analogy to, to investments and to advice. Is it in the client's best interest in terms of what we're doing? And so when we started Parallel from day one, we're like, we, we're not going to be beholden to corporate things. We're not going to be um, under any type of mandates or anything like that. We have the entire universe. We spend so much time doing due diligence on solutions. You know, in, in, in our industry, a lot of people talk about products. You know, we got products. We got products. We don't have products. We have solutions. Mm-hmm. And, and not only that, but we don't get compensated on some type of commission from that solution. Okay. Um, now I will say we do we do insurance, and in the insurance industry just is what it is, and it is a commission based industry. That's that's what it is. But when we do insurance for somebody, it is done the right way. Okay, mm-hmm. and it and, and is it is done the right way the right pricing and the right type of insurance. Okay. Again, you get, you get with some of these insurance firms, you know, this David probably better than anyone. And, you know, they're just selling a particular type of policy and, 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 you know, how many times have you sat down with someone and I'm not going to name some of these firms that do this. We know who they are. And there's, they're so overinsured in this permanent life insurance policy. And they've just, you know, so much money has gone down the toilet. Yeah. Well, if the only thing I sell is is life insurance or whole life insurance, it has to like the minivan that has to right. look like it's the best solution for everybody, but it's not. So, and, and whole life insurance is a great tool at times, but when it's in the best interest of the client, and that's one of the things that we can do as a firm is we have a whole suite of solutions and we can mm-hmm. simply offer the right one. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, even if it's not a product, it's, you know, hey, Brian, you're a new client. We need to get you an appointment with an attorney so you and your wife can meet and have your estate planning documents in order because that's part of a financial plan. It's not a financial product, but it's incredibly, right. incredibly important. Well, everything needs to be done under a financial plan. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And I'll talk a little bit about, you know, so again, just just let me finish out what I'm, about the firm is that we're a fiduciary. We're very transparent. We're, we're, we're fee-based where, you know, clients know the fees that they're paying. It's not hidden or tucked away somewhere, or we're getting something on a back end. We've got these contracts. You know, there's a lot of firms out there that have contracts with different investment providers and that client might be paying a fee, but then they're also getting stuff on the back end that we don't do any of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to us what, you know, security or anything like that. Uh, the, and the fees are, are are disclosed. The other thing is the things that we do, um, the main things are, they're liquid. Okay, so mm-hmm. so you know a client can leave at any time. It's not like it's not like well, sorry, you're locked into this. You know this deal. They can leave at any time. They can come and come and go. And 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 we think that that is also very important. But to get into get anything about planning, we we do comprehensive planning here. 
um, as you well know. And, um, you know, we have a great process for that. Um, we utilize a lot of software. We've partnered with other uh, experts around this. Now, some of our competitors, like they might have an in-house CPA or an in-house, um, you know, financial planner or an in, or excuse me, not financial planner, uh, in-house estate planning attorney or an in-house CPA or things like that. We don't do that because in our opinion, the best CPAs and the best estate planning attorneys have their own, they have their own practice. Mm -hmm. They don't work for a financial firm. And mm -hmm. so we've partnered with them to get the best unbiased advice for our clients. We quarterback it. Um, and, and also we're not being compensated on that as well. Your tax mm -hmm. work, you compensate CPA. They, we don't make any money on that. Your estate planning work, you compensate them. We don't make any money on that. Again, it's transparent. It's unbiased. And, um, and we think that's the best way to structure a planning arrangement. Let's take a quick break from the podcast. Hey, business owners, have you ever wondered if you can sell your business or how much you can sell it for or what you can do to maximize the value of your business so that you can sell it for a higher multiple when you're ready or simply have an easier and more profitable life today? If you've ever thought of any of those things, go to my website, www.allofmyassets.com and take the value builder questionnaire. It takes 13 to 15 minutes. You'll get some feedback on some of the areas of your business that you can improve so that you can optimize the sale price of your business. And it'll even give you an estimate of value for your business. There's no charge for this. And now let's get back for, to the podcast. So when I'm at a party or at a networking event, somebody asks me, hey, what do you do? I say, I'm a financial advisor. Almost always they'll say, hey, where are the markets going? Or if I give you $100,000 right now, where would you invest it? And Where would you invest it today? Yeah. yeah. And, and my answer always is, some version is, I have no idea. I don't know anything about you. You might need to pay off debt. Um, and, and a financial advisor does so much more than just manage money, but that's kind of the most right. obvious part of it. So let's talk a little bit about how how we manage money. I mean, are we buying yeah. only Fidelity mutual funds? Are we buying only American funds, mutual funds? I like, right. talk about right. our process. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say like American funds and, and you know, there, there's a firm here in town that if you have an account with them, your account will be all American mutual fund, American funds. That's what'll be in the account. And, and that will be the majority of your investments, period, because that's what they have contractual agreements and things like that. So um, no, we don't do anything like that. What we do is we manage money. First of all, it comes under the financial plan. It comes under what are the needs of the client? It comes under, you know, what is the goals for the money, the risk tolerance, the time horizon, all those other things. Then what we do is we build that custom portfolio out for that client. Okay. We custody with big firms, Fidelity, Charles Schwab, TD Ameritrade. So, you know, your, your money's actually held there right? But we don't, so we don't, Parallel never holds your money, all right? We simply act as, as an advisor on the account there. We manage the money there. Um, we have a process. We, we do our money management in-house. We have an investment team here. We have a process. It's called QRLT. Q stands for high quality. R stands for rules-based um, and risk management. Uh, which means, you know, we believe you got to have rules in place and managing risk. It's not, you know, what we say a lot is it's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. 
Yep. And you know, a lot of people they'll 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 you'll be at that same cocktail party you're talking about, like, well, I made 40% last year and do 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 do. And you know what? If if you're not managing that risk accordingly, you can blink and that 40% is now could be a, a minus, it could be down to five percent. Um, so risk is always up front. You got to start with good quality stuff, you got to put some rules-based risk management around it. L is liquid and low cost. You got to keep it liquid because you got to be flexible. You got to make sure you're low cost in the things that you have. And then T, tax sensitive. <clears throat> because you could, you could, you know, make a lot of money, you know, make some great returns that year. But if they're all short term uh, capital gains, well, then, you know, you're paying an income tax rate on it and you're getting destroyed there. So um, you have to be looking at the taxes as well. Okay. And that's one of the parts of the financial planning process that it's very dangerous for an individual to kind of deal with tax loss harvesting. There's some some pretty big mistakes that can be made, but that's part of what our firm does, what our investment management team handles uh, for, for our clients. So inside of our portfolios, like what are we investing in? Like just generically speaking, are, are we buying individual stocks? Are we buying bonds? Are we buying, like what are yeah. we buying? So our portfolios reflect where the client is, okay? So what's going to determine that is the size of the amount of money they have. You know, one thing too, when Anthony and I started this firm is we do not have minimums, okay? There's a lot of firms in town, unless you've got X number of dollars, they're not sitting down and talking with you. We don't have minimums because we, we're simply looking for clients that are the right fit, okay? And, and that it makes sense for us to work together. Because you may not have a lot of money today, but you know, looking out and and your projection and what you're doing, you know, there's some great opportunity for you to grow wealth. Well, we want to, we still want to work with you. Um, so we don't have minimums. So for smaller accounts, we will be using things like exchange traded funds and and some mutual funds. Again, we, we don't. There's no sales charges or loads or commissions or anything like that in there. Um, but we will use things like that because it's hard to build a diversified portfolio with a small, small amount of money. And then for larger accounts, yes, we have an individual stocks. We can, we've got some strategies that we do with bonds. Um, again, it just depends on what is right for the client mm -hmm. and we've got solutions to fill those there appropriately. Yeah. And what about somebody who's maybe a little bit higher net worth and, and they want some some investments that are not directly exposed to the markets. What what do we have? Um, what do we have for that type of clients? Yeah, we so we've got we've got really three different buckets uh, for that. Of course, we've got fixed income, which you know, if we were having this call a year or two ago, and I mentioned fixed income, probably half your listeners would just shut it off and say, "Okay, I'm about to go to bed now. Uh, thanks for putting me to sleep." But the reality is, fixed income is an asset class now that's come alive. The yields have roared back. And there's really some great opportunity there in the fixed income space. So there's one. We have, uh, we do have a, a strategy. It, it is semi-liquid, I'll call it. It's called our endowment strategy. And it allows uh, clients to participate in asset classes that aren't correlated to stocks. It's, it's managed very similar to like, I don't, there was a very famous book about the Yale endowment and, and, and diversifying that way. And we have a strategy that reflects that. And then the third thing, so so you know, you've got public markets, okay, the, mm -hmm. and, and everything I've been talking about to this point trades in a public market, but there's also private markets, and there's areas that you can get in there 
uh, as well in, in the private space. Now, in the private space, I will say, and we disclose this up front, there is no liquidity. I mean, when you commit to this, you're committing for five years, seven years, whatever that time frame is, but it allows you to participate in asset classes that aren't correlated with stocks. Okay. It could be um, industrial space. It could be, um, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, uh, it could be a particular industry group, like like the defense, and you know, sure. group, yeah, we had you know, storage makes, buildings uh, uh, last storage, year. Whatever, there's real estate, there's mm -hmm. industry groups, there's things like that that you can participate in. That um, you know is is it, you, you're not carrying those correlations. Sure. Now, in, in 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 due disclosure, some of those require pretty high net worth. You know, two million, five million dollar net worth. So, you know, if that's something that interests you, you could always get with me, and we can see if it works for you. But it's it's a really strong offering that we're able to uh, to have to help our clients to be diversified right. in uh, in their holdings. So so that's really really interesting. So so let's talk uh, as we kind of close down a little bit more about our financial planning and and some of the issues that a good financial plan should address in a client's right. life. Yeah, no, that's a great that's a great question. Um we we have a planning process, we call it the SPARK process, okay? And I'll go over that as well. So S stands for simplify. Because when most people come to us that are in need of a plan, they're like, well, I've got, got this stuff over here. I got this stuff over there. I got mm -hmm. this happening. I'm not sure about that. And, you know, my benefits at work and all this other stuff's coming up. Well, let's figure out a way to simplify and really bring this down and make it simple for you. And, and we have and like so a one page sheet that's called an asset map we, that shows yeah. you a a really visual representation of where your assets and debts are. And it's right. it's eye opening. It's really cool. Yeah. So that's that that really is step one, like let's 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 simplify and let's let's get your picture here in a way that you can digest it and see it. P stands for protection. And and again, I, I you know, I, I'm not I wasn't poo-pooing insurance earlier. I'm just saying in, insurance really needs to be done the right way. And unfortunately, most people in this business don't do it the right way. They do it to a way that compensates them the most, sure. but it's not necessarily right for the client. So that's the protection piece. We want to make sure um that your assets are titled correctly. Okay that your beneficiaries are set up correctly, that you've got the right insurance in, that things are protected the way they need to be protected. So that's P. A stands for accelerate. And accelerate is the actual investment piece, which we just talked about. We want to make sure you are invested to grow and grow your wealth over time. R is reach goals. And now this is where we actually get in and, and where a lot of software helps us. Where we're able to actually create a roadmap for you um, that it shows you here's where you're at today. Here's where you want to be. And so what are the things? And then we build in all those things in there, right? Could be, you know, college for the kids, weddings, you know, vacation home, um, whatever those things are, we build all that into the plan to make sure that, you know, um, when you pass, or, well, I, let me rephrase that. You, you, you don't ever want to outlive your money. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So you want to hit those goals. So reach goals. And then K is knowledge. We're yeah. constantly educating, constantly, um, you know, putting things out to educate folks on on what's going on. So that's our planning process. I love it. You know, and I always say that it's not really about the money. It's about what the money can do for you. Right. So you had a dream to become a pilot and 
and you know, obviously planes aren't free. So you have to have some money to, to, to make your dreams come true. Kids don't go to college for free. So we right. have to have goals and, and many of our goals, not all of them, but many of our goals do take money to achieve. And, and, and I always talk, and, and this is why I'm so passionate about what we do is how we handle our money should positively impact our lives and the lives of those around us. So I have had some ultra rich clients and friends that were some of the more miserable people I've ever met. They had money, but they weren't handling it in a way that enhanced their lives. So, and 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 I yeah. think we we as a firm we really try to help our clients to live better lives by how they handle their money, which is uh, which is an awesome thing. So a cool thing. So my last question, and I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this one, but every every guest gets this question. So you're you're not going to be any any different. So we're the weekly wealth podcast, and we talk about the mindsets, the tactics, and the strategies that can help you to build and maintain wealth. So Brian Bogner, tell me what does wealth mean to you? What does wealth mean to you and your family? What's your definition of wealth? Wealth simply means to be able to do the things that you want to do when you want to do them where you want to do them and with the people you want to do them with, mm -hmm. you know, and, I, and that's, that's wealth. I mean, when you say money is a tool, it really is. And, um, you know, there, there are people that are motivated by more money and they want to see more zeros in their bank account and they want to see more. Um, and, and that's, that's their motivation, but it, it, it really needs to shift to money is that tool that allows you to do what you want to do when you want to do it, where you want to do it. And with the people you want to do it with a lot of W's in there, mm -hmm. wealth. Um, but that is what I would define it as. So you're probably the 80th or 90th uh, guest that I've asked that question. And nobody has ever said when I have a million or 5 million or $10 million, I'll be wealthy. Everybody gives some version of freedom, which is basically yeah. what you just said yeah. was freedom. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what money does. So let's handle our money the right way. Let's give ourselves enhanced lives. Let's have more freedom. So before we wrap it up, you talked about knowledge, and I wanted to uh, hear a little bit about uh, some of the content that you and our uh, chief investment officer, Greg uh, Towner, put out. Uh, sure. It's really, really interesting. As I mentioned, the Weekly Wealth Podcast is a podcast that helps you enhance your financial life, but we don't always talk about traditional financial planning topics. Every once in a while, we'll talk about right. the new IRA rules and things like that. But we're talking not about what the markets are going to do. You actually have a show that talks directly about the market. So where can we find sure. that and tell us about that? Yeah, it's on, well, well, um, you know, it's on all the podcast apps, I guess you could say. And we'll put a link in the show <laughs> uh, notes. It's, uh, it's called the 20 Minute Market Breakdown, okay? And so on the 20 minute market breakdown, we it's it's a 20 minute podcast with Greg and I, where we break down what's really important, what we're seeing right now in terms of the markets and the economy and things like that. Matter of fact, on Monday, we just recorded, um, you know, everybody's talking about this banking crisis right now, or, you know, I'm going to I'm going to put in quotations crisis because mm -hmm. um, we're not convinced it is as a crisis as 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 the media, of course, is leading it to believe. But um, but we talk about it. it. Actually, that episode was special. Um, it only lasted a little over 10 minutes, but we just focused on that. So sometimes we will put out special episodes if it's really uh, there, but it's 20 minute. And then um, so that's on the podcast, all the podcast apps. You can always go to our YouTube channel, just Parallel Financial. If you just go on YouTube, type in Parallel Financial. Another show we do is called the five minute market. Oh, excuse me. 
five charts in five minutes. And that's a very quick, it's visual. You need to watch it where we go through five charts in five minutes. And we're just, again, these are like the real important things that we're seeing right now. Um, so we try five minutes, 20 minutes. That's, that's kind of, you know, what we say and, and where we try to keep our shows at, but uh, yeah, definitely check it out. I love it. And one of the recurring themes that you and Greg always talk about is avoid the noise. Oh All the media goodness. outlets, their job is to get viewers and what gets viewers bad news. And right. Yeah. Uh, and you and Greg would not have any, and you have spoken about negative trends before, but you're not, you don't have to make everything negative in order to get viewers. You're just really acting as a fiduciary and calling it as you see it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, really, if you could just turn off the news, uh, we tell this all the time. Look, when Greg and I, start, Greg and I, uh, our CIO, Greg Towner and I, we started the business together. You know, we were on this big trading floor. And we had TVs of CNBC just all over, you know, and you were just, you're working and you just had CNBC in your face all day long. I, I can't, I, I, it's been years since I've watched CNBC and Greg will tell you the exact same thing years. Okay. Because that is, it's entertainment. It's, it's news entertainment. It's not real news. And so people get, people watch this stuff and they get in these high and, and these are designed to elicit an emotional response. and then. What's the worst thing you can do? The other thing you hear Greg and I talk about a lot too is if you let emotions drive your money decisions, it is a recipe for disaster. That's why when we talk about rules-based in our, in our investment strategy, that eliminates the emotions from taking over. Because we, when you make emotional decisions, we, we think we make very rational decisions with our money. No, we make emotional decision. Then we justify it with some, you know, lo some logic that we've come up with, but we're making emotional decisions and that never works out well. Yeah. And, and that's why I love the structure of how our firm works. I personally am not managing portfolios. So our investment management team manages portfolios, manages our clients' money. I'm working with with the investment management team to kind of coordinate which portfolios, which strategies. But but um, I'm a quarterback, so I'm just helping my clients to live their lives the way they should live them with how they handle their money. And then we have a team of people who are they're literally following rules on how they're going to invest money, and and emotions are taken out of it. And, uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I've seen a few friends of mine that have, when the markets went down last year, they got all their money out of the markets because they watched the news and the country was going to collapse and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, that, that hadn't worked out really well. And, and mm -hmm. we have a process on how we handle money that takes the emotion out. And we just tend to have really good, steady kind of long-term results. We don't always make money, but right. uh, we have, we have steady results, which are not based on emotion. Yep. So. Well, awesome. Well, I'm glad we got this episode in. I really appreciate your expertise and I appreciate just what our firm does for our clients and really proud just to be part of, uh, I call us a big, small firm. You know, we're not a huge national firm that has to answer to stockholders and everything else. And, right. and we just do what's right. So we just, you know, I feel like we do a really, really good job for our um for our clients. Uh, we have a great team. We actually have an ex-pro baseball player. Um, as a financial advisor, we have a, an attorney who's an advisor. We have an ex uh, uh, Division One college level cheerleader. Uh, you and Anthony have, have have been around, and we have a great administrative team. So we really, really, um, yeah. it's just it's just a good, a really it, good situation. And, and as people can see, we have a bald guy. 
Yeah, a bald guy on the team. Well, yeah, well, and another guy that's going to be bald pretty soon when he takes the uh, <laughs> takes the final plunge. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, we've got a great team. If you go to parallelfinancial.com, you can click on about us or meet meet your team and and uh, you can read about us. But you know, I mean, I mean, obviously, you got to have great people. You got to have a great team. We've been very very blessed, um, and we've got amazing people here. So we're very thankful for that. Awesome. So, hey, everybody, uh, check out the 20-Minute Market Breakdown, Brian's uh, podcast and YouTube show. We'll put the links in the show notes. And until next episode, we wish everybody a blessed week. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, David. The information contained herein, including but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other material obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. The materials are provided for informational purposes only. It should not be used or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results.